0: Good morning, Sarah. Good morning, Kim. How's it going? Yeah, well, I cannot complain. It is uh, <laughs> a little bit of break time. So taking a break from schoolwork and other work, I somehow get myself involved in. So that's nice. You How do it yourself? You
1: do that a lot. You get yourself involved <laughs> in a lot of things. And I say that coming from someone who does the same thing things are great. I am not on like break. This is my, because I'm not teaching, there is no break, but as I was just telling Kim before we started, when schools let out, the rest of the world slows down significantly, which is something I really like. So my first year not having a break, but also a little bit having a break, you know, the work just feels a little different. So I'm also feeling good. There's a lot of cookie making and movie watching happening in our house,
0: right. which is a good place to be. So no big deadlines this time of year, which is nice.
1: Yeah. I had like one final sprint. I don't remember if it was last week or the week before. And I was like, "Ah," and then I made it through the finish line and I was like, oh, oh, I'm like done. Oh, great. Okay. I'll just keep, make sure everything's okay then let's yeah.
0: (laughs) Cool. Well, we are just doing an episode catching up with Kim and Sarah. Very exciting stuff. I'm sure.
1: (laughs) Yeah. We're very intriguing people. What can I say?
0: And Sarah, you have come up with a lot of questions for us to cover.
1: (laughs) I know, so off-brand for me. (laughs) So I'm thinking of this more of like our year in reflection post, you know, we put not post year in reflection episode. We did this last year and I really liked it. And so I thought that we would kind of reflect on 2021 and think about going into 2022 And so I gathered some questions and I thought we'd start with a little bit of a game. Okay. (laughs) This is the kind of game that I love and Kim hates. (laughs) So so when I was like on our notes document, I was like, what do you think of our game? And she was like, (laughs) but we're going to do it. Okay. All right. So we are each going to, and we have had some time to think about this one, but we are each going to write down a word that describes our year. We are not in the same physical place. So we are going to write it down and not show it to each other, which might give you a little bit of a clue of what's going to come next. We are going to try to guess each other's words. This is a super tricky one because people might take it differently. Like your word could be colorful or joyful, or it could be waffles. Like it
0: could really be anything.
1: <laughs> so it's a little bit of like the newlywed game.
0: Right. And it's just one word. Like, I think that's the, yeah, that's the, mm. Oh my gosh. I to need to get a th- the-, the
1: thesaurus. <laughs> <laughs> thesaurus.com is available. We are not sponsored by thesaurus.com, but I use it often enough that I feel like maybe we should be. So thesaurus.com, if you're listening, I would do an ad for you. I would. <laughs> oh, for sure. I use it constantly. <laughs> and it would be fabulous and incredible. And do you see what I'm doing there? Yes, yeah, I do. I listening. do. Okay, <laughs> just
0: checking. Yeah. <laughs> you're just helping okay. me oh were you really thesourcing yes because there's yeah. a word but it's not quite the right word and like
1: i don't have like the perfect word this is just the word that you know felt like it fit ish yeah You can't describe a whole year and really just one word no are oh, you too I... much of a perfectionist for this task are yes. you like not going to be able to stop until you find the perfect word yes. oh no yes. i've created a i right, I'm, I'm
0: going with my first word but it's not quite right okay okay all right. You go first.
1: <laughs> okay. I'm going to try to guess your word. It'll be interesting to see if I'm even on the right track. I'm thinking about your year and how much you have really jumped into like the research and like the scholarly portion of your program and how, I mean, we can tell how much you've enjoyed that with your spin off podcast. <laughs> But not, makes it sound so fancy. I'm going to guess that your word is like educational or, or something to do with that.
0: Oh, that would have been a really good idea. Challenging. Oh, but like not always like it was challenging in a good way and sometimes yeah. challenging in a bad way. Right. And, and I wanted to avoid the bad connotation because I've, you know, really been fortunate and it hasn't been you know, that much, but uh, you know, yeah, it's just been challenging <laughs> to uh, dive into the student thing and the research yeah. thing and the new podcast thing. And yeah,
1: that's a lot. It's funny. I, I think that's like a connotation versus denotation thing, because mm-hmm. when I think you're the word challenging, I don't automatically go to the like challenging, like trudging uphill, carrying right. something heavy. Like I think of challenges, a good word. I actually just had this debate at work the other day. Oh, yeah. I was calling something challenges and was like, people don't like challenges. And I was like, uh, I love <laughs> challenges, but that so challenging, but lots of good challenges and maybe some not as good challenges to balance it out. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. And that
1: I'm going to have a question about your challenges too. So, okay. That's,
0: All right.
1: okay. What do you think my word is?
0: All right. So it, I, I have no idea really one word, but <laughs> the word that, and this is such a, again, not a great word, but you've embarked on so many new things. So new is my word. I know it's not your word, but that idea of fresh start trying things that you're actually
1: very close. My word was surprising Surprising, because there have just been so many surprises this year from the surprise of Kim finding the job listing of the job that I now have and sending it to me and me being like, you think I'm qualified for this surprise getting hired the experience of like jumping into something new and really loving it. I didn't expect the experience of not teaching full-time and the surprise of how much that has changed my life. There's been like, we accidentally got a kitten. That has been a surprise. Like that was not really accidentally. That was not a plan. (laughs) If you don't know the story of Joey, our kitten, we were supposed to be fostering him while he healed from surgery to have his eye removed. And my husband fell immediately and irrevocably in love with him. And so now he, and I did too, like, I also clearly adore him, but it was really, Dan was, was done for uh, much sooner than I was, but that was a surprise and it has just been a year of surprise after surprise. And it's funny how you almost shied away from challenges because it had both positive and negative connotations. Mm -hmm. And I really went for surprising because it has positive and negative connotations because it wasn't a perfect year. When I look back on it, it is overwhelmingly positive. Mm -hmm. And there are so many way, way more great surprises and ways that I surprise myself that I'm really proud of um, than anything else. But Definitely. A, I wanted a word that had both ups and downs involved
0: in it. Yeah. So, you know, you were talking about how you were surprised that I thought you could do this job and I was not surprised at all, but I have to tell you, I recently stumbled upon a webinar you did with Emporium
1: on sell
0: oh. and Eduporium? Yeah. Eduporium. yeah. Sarah, you're amazing. Like that oh. was an amazing <laughs> webinar. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we are so much. lucky to have you. Oh, well. And another surprise. Oh, that is
1: delightful. I really enjoyed that webinar. I'm looking forward to, to doing more of those. That was very fun. So going off of your word of all of the challenges of your year, what was, do you think the biggest challenge for you? And this might be a big positive challenge or a big negative challenge, or most likely a challenge that has a bit of both.
0: Yeah, mostly. uh, So it's, it's been tech girls, So, you know, I founded Tech Girls in 2012, and it has grown, grown, grown ever since then until the pandemic. And then it just has not completely come to a standstill, but like all that growth we had, the meeting in person, all those things has really gone by the wayside, especially with the elementary school program, Girls Geek Day. You know, we haven't been able to meet in person since whenever that was, 2020, (laughs) 2020. And that one was so big, like Girls yeah. Keep Day was so huge. We, and there we was were up to spreading almost about 100 it. participants. Yeah. And so we did get to do Biomed Tech Girls in person this past summer. So that was great. And we did some online programming for middle school girls. And that was, you know, good as well. Still doing the newsletter. Although I uh, I think I've got seven newsletters out this year. I doubled up on several months because I just, hey, I couldn't. That is I something to be out. proud of. <laughs> I couldn't yeah. figure it out, you know, what to say, what, what are, you know, cause it was usually about what are all the things you can do and there's just less of them. So that, that's really been my big challenge. And then wondering, like, it almost feels like having to restart it from scratch. And do I have that energy?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a big ask. That's yeah. a lot. especially sometimes when you restart things, you can follow the same path, but we are not the same as we were back when tech girls was in its heyday. Like people aren't the same. Education isn't the same. Gatherings aren't the same. So you cannot mm-hmm. take the same path
0: up that hill. You have to no, forge something like, if I really could just knew. do it again, do all the same yeah. things again, that'd be easier. But yeah, I know that that's not possible. So if anybody out there would love to help kickstart tech girls again, please let me know. It makes me think of our episode with Kayla.
1: And she talked yes. about Kayla Somerville from C4K. She talked about very similar things, you know, C4K is a nonprofit that looks to bring teenagers into their space to learn about STEM and to connect them with mentors. And they're also having trouble getting kids back into the space or getting new students involved in the program after the pandemic, because we've all like mental health and the way we, the way we participate in things is markedly different than it was in February,
0: 2020. Yep. So how about yourself?
1: What's your big challenge? I think if I had to summarize it, I think my biggest challenge this year would be imposter syndrome. Mm. And it's interesting that one term is something we talk about a lot. It bridges both personal and professional. It really shows up everywhere for me. And I think it's specifically difficult when you're talking about having started as a professional in education. I don't know whether it is on purpose or whether it is an accident, but teachers are really fed the narrative that those that can do, do, and those that cannot do, teach. I hate that. we are just, teachers are told that they need to just be quiet and babysit and that it's not a real profession. You should be happy for what you get and you could never do anything else. And I think I had really absorbed those ideas more than I even knew. And, you know, my last three or four years of teaching, I had multiple kind of side hustles and other jobs going on. And I still, when it came to even applying for the job that I have now, I, you know, at the time I was like, Well, I don't even know if I want, I was scared. I was scared that I wouldn't know how to interview. I was scared that I wouldn't get an interview. I was afraid that I would like, if by some miracle, they like misjudged me and gave me the job that I would just like flop immediately. And that was a really, really big challenge. And then application process I had to make videos and do things that were still relatively new to me and my final interview was a 90 minute presentation to the entire company which was terrifying (laughs) and then when I started it was like stepping down onto a new planet and that was almost better the wondering if I was gonna get it and what it was gonna be like once I was in I was like well I'm here so I might as well just like do whatever I can. (laughs) Um, but yeah, the, that imposter syndrome, it really, it sinks very deep into your bones. It's hard to shake. I think I'm better. I'm right past the six month mark. So I've been in this job now for six months. They have been such a fun and surprising and like joyful and confusing and like all of the words six months, but I'm starting to feel as I go on my responsibilities are getting bigger. I'm taking a much bigger role in creating educational materials. Pretty much all writing that comes out of the company goes through me, is told in my voice. And those were things that at first I was like, why are they trusting me to do this? Like, what is going on? And I'm starting to more and more be like, I understand this. I can do it. I'm proud of it. I like it. Like, I always liked it, but I'm starting to feel like maybe I deserve it and maybe I can do it. And I think that will be a long journey, but I'm much better than where I was in July. So challenge. What are you most
0: proud of? Well, this one was hard too, because there's, you know, several things, but the thing that Um,
1: PS mentioned more than one women need to brag about themselves more, like
0: not a problem. But the one that stands out to me is this sort of, what did you call it? A spinoff podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I got the opportunity to do an independent study this semester, which means I basically got to decide what I wanted to learn and how I wanted to learn it and how I wanted to been show really my It really hard for you. You would like, oh. never think about that. I loved <laughs> it. And one of the reasons I got into the EDD program is because I wanted to know what research was going on out there, but I didn't have access. I didn't have time. And then it turns out research papers are not written in a very user-friendly way. <laughs> you know, non-researchy friendly way. So even if I had had the access, I may not have understood it. And so now I had this opportunity to really take a deep dive into some of the computer science education research and a lot of, you know, papers and things I've been writing. I've been quoting or using stats or things from these papers. And I thought, wouldn't it be cool if I could talk to some of the authors of these papers to find out, like, why did they do it? What was their, you know, what was their motivation? And what do they really hope that K-8 teachers can get out of it so that I could share that? And I first thought it would be a blog, but then I'm like, well, we invite guests onto our podcast that were like, they're not going to say yes. And then they say yes. <laughs> and it's awesome. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I, it doesn't hurt to ask, right? <laughs> yeah. So I started sending out emails and ask, you know, requesting interviews with folks about specific papers. And many of them said yes. And so I got to interview, I think I interviewed seven folks, including your boss. And it was just, it was amazing first that they were willing to share their time, but also I really just think that they're doing such important work that really does need a bridge to practice. Because when you're a researcher, well, first of all, do you have to go where the grant funding is? And second of all, sort of once you've proven your point, then you move on. (laughs) But how does proving that point translate into getting into the classroom? So, yeah, I'm just really proud of it. CSTA published my final blog post about it, the Computer Science Teachers Association. So that was really cool. Ooh.
1: And if you are not a person who spends a lot of time around research, not research of this caliber, like I, we all research on our smartphones and yeah. Google things, but um, this is research with a capital R. This podcast might not sound like something that might be for you, but I have listened to most of the episodes and I will admit that I'm a bit of a research nerd, but Kim, you make them so approachable and create that bridge between research and practice in a way that just feels like you're listening to someone talk about their passion. Like you're mm-hmm. just, it's like, they're talking about their life's work. They're talking about the questions that drove the research or the need, you know, the problem they wanted to fix, what got them into it, the things that inspire them. And so it does not feel like you're listening to someone read a research paper aloud, which is initially what I thought it would be. And I was like, cool. She wants to do that. That's fun <laughs> for her. But it just sounds like you're listening to someone who's really passionate and an expert in their field Explain it in like around the dinner table so everyone else can
0: get on board too. Well, thank you. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. It is hard to, yeah. Again, I think that's one of the problems, right? It's it's how do you make research sound more interesting, accessible, and like something that as a teacher you want to know about?
1: I mean, and let's be real. If you have a PhD, if you have a doctorate in something, you have spent so much time studying that you are like in the weeds. Right. <laughs> you know all of the terms. You like you don't necessarily want to talk about it at a cocktail party with someone who is giving you 30 seconds to describe what you do. But all of your guests also did a really good job of recognizing that to explain it, they maybe have to take a step out and, and talk about it in larger terms. I'm thinking specifically of my boss, Tom Lowers, who came on to talk about his research and the research that inspired Bird Brain. And as I was listening to it, I was like, Like anyone could understand this and see why he does what he does and and how this, how this came to be and why it's so important. And I think that's something that's really challenging and something that is important because if you get your PhD and you are the expert, but the world doesn't necessarily benefit from it. If you don't share that information with anyone, then it's just a fancy title for you, which is also good. But like the more you can share the better.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, how about you? What are you most proud of?
1: I also had a lot of things to choose from this year, which felt really good. But I think overall, professionally, I'm the most proud of this course that we created, the Cultural Connections with Hummingbird. And so that is a course that's being offered in partnership with the Infosys Foundation. And it is a course that will be free to all teachers who choose to register through Infosys. And it is, how many videos did it end up being? I think it's like nine videos. Teaching teachers how to use the Hummingbird Robotics Kit to create a personally meaningful robot. And so we are teaching teachers not only how to use the Robotics Kit, but how to teach with it in a way that will allow their students to kind of express their identity and increase their sense of belonging. And it's culturally competent teaching mixed with computer science. It's a lot of what I've learned from you, Kim. And so I, you know, I joined the company after it was pitched, but I got to write the course. I wrote the syllabus and the script for every video. I spent long days in the studio, filming it, talking to myself in front in of the camera. studio?
0: Which, How brilliant... exciting. Yeah,
1: that was terrifying. <laughs> but it was great. And it will go live in January. And not only can teachers all over the world take it and we'll have... A cohort that will be taking it synchronously and working through and like commenting on each other's work and creating this professional learning network. But if you are a public school teacher in the United States that works with grades four and up, you can also register to receive a free Hummingbird Robotics Kit. And so you can take the course and you can get a free kit through the Emphasis Foundation and it's yours to keep. So you make your first robot with it, you see that it's not that hard, you understand the way it's going to engage your students, and then it's yours to take to your classroom and share with kids who don't necessarily have access to robotics. So it's the kind of thing that I used to dream about when I was teaching. And I had kind of this moment when I first arrived at the studio and was learning how all the cameras worked. I kind of turned to Tom and was like, I'm having a pinch me moment. And he was like, really here in the studio? Like, aren't you tired? It's really hot. And I was like, no, this is like what I wanted to do. I'm so happy to be here. So I am, I'm very proud of that. And I hope that people like it as much as I do. (laughs) Like. I'm sure I hope, they will. I hope that it helps teachers. Personally, I have to say that I am extremely proud of the work my husband did this year. He is part of a team that owns a series of small businesses in Charlottesville, and they have had a banner year of um, growth. And they- managed to grow while still being really good humans that are incredibly kind and that are very passionate about protecting and and serving their employees. And they were just featured in the New York times this week, which I'm so proud of. If you do not know my husband, he is humble to a fault. And so if I had not been sent to New York times article, I don't know that I would have ever seen it because it would like cause him physical pain to be like, look, Featured in the New York Times, and he is not. It is the business overall. It is the wool factory that is featured, but it is beautiful, and I am incredibly proud of the work that they've done and that they have managed to stay good, kind humans that serve the community and care deeply about the world around them while they do it. He's a he's a very good role model for me.
0: Yay! Awesome. He's a good dude.
1: Yeah. What made your brain explode this year?
0: Well, I wish it was something that wasn't (laughs) this, but it's COVID. Like I'm. Yeah, I had to deal with it, you know, in the classroom, just this constant roller coaster of it coming, and going, getting shots like that was such a, the getting the initial shots. I, yeah, I've just, my brain really wants to explode over COVID. <laughs>
1: yeah, mine's not good either. When I was teaching, I had a definite gut feeling that like teachers weren't treated very well and that the world outside of education was perhaps a kinder place to be a professional that wanted to be treated like a human being. And now that I am working connected to education, but definitely out um, in technology and small business in a corporation, it is astounding to me the way teachers are talked about, the way teachers are treated, the ridiculous expectations of that job the horrible way that teachers are compensated for their work. Like it just, and I left to work for a small business in like a role that encompasses five, like I did not leave for a very easy, simple, straightforward job is what I'm trying to say. And yet the demands placed on an educator for so, so much less pay. And it's just now that I'm out and I can fully see it, the way that teachers are treated and the things that are expected of them really makes my brain explode.
0: And And, uh, they're leaving.
1: People talk about it and I'm like, I get it. Like I, my quality of life, I would have never, ever, you know, my entire adult life, I've been a teacher. And so I don't think I understood what quality of life could look like in a different job. And I loved teaching for a million reasons. I don't think I could ever, ever, ever go back unless it was the only thing possible for me to do to support my family because Mm -hmm. the quality of life is so Different. And I feel like a different person than I was when I was teaching full time. And it just maybe if it was like a poor quality of life, but you were spoken about the way doctors are like doctors might have a poor quality of life, but they're heroes and everyone loves them. Or that's a generalization. That's not fair. Doctors are not always spoken about that way. But, or if you are giving up quality of life, but you're making a lot of money for it, the way people who sometimes work in finance are, or if you were or if you had a lot of freedom or just anything but teachers just have the worst of everything and it's i am happy to get to be an advocate in a different way now that i am where i am but it is really painful and hard to watch and a lot of people that i love are still in schools and for people who love teaching and it's worth it and they're in a situation that makes them feel safe and valued and and good like that's so great we need high quality teachers but for teachers out there that are that are struggling I get it. And there is a world outside that is a lot kinder. <laughs> I don't know. I wish I had better things to say, but yeah, that yeah. makes my brain explode all the time. Yeah. I don't know that I see it getting better. Well, I have officially made this a real downer. You want to talk about like sad puppies next?
0: <laughs> How about we move to lightning round? <laughs> so lightning show.
1: round doesn't necessarily mean it has to be super fast, but it just means that we have not necessarily prepared anything for it.
0: Right. Kit, would you like to go first? Okay.
1: Okay. Ready? Best meal you ate this year.
0: Okay. So this, yeah, I mean, these are going to be hard. I did just see these questions this morning. So I was trying to think, 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 think. think.
1: (gasps) Just kidding. I wrote them. So
0: (laughs) I came up with two, sorry. So one was, (laughs) The first lobster roll that I ever ate, oh. like in this, out of, out of this lobster shack, we um, went to Cape Cod this summer and yeah, I just, I don't think I'd ever had it. And I had very low expectations. <laughs> it was really good.
1: Secret, very low expectations. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then the other one is Thanksgiving because we went to my brother-in-law, my sister-in-law is an amazing cook and just the full spread. I didn't have to do a thing. <laughs> With yeah. family, like, yeah. yeah, that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> Coolest place you went this year? Oh, I'm, we're doing it. Okay. I see. Oh, we're lightning around. We're going. I see Keep what we're doing. <laughs> um, I guess it was probably the Adirondacks. So part of that trip, it was a road trip that we went on. And one of, the, one of our destinations was the Adirondacks, which I don't think I'd ever been to. And we stayed in this little lodge and we're with family and doing hiking and things like that. New skill you learned this year. New skill. So I guess sort of a new skill is having to deal with a hybrid classroom, which I'd never had to deal with before. Like we were either all, in, well, this class I'm teaching, we were all online the last in the fall and then the spring of last year. And then we went in person this year, but then we decided we don't really want six students coming in, and you know, give them every opportunity to not come in. So we set up a zoom meeting for every class. So yeah, just, mm-hmm. I, I definitely admire teachers that were able to figure that out because we (laughs) we stumbled a lot
1: but we did it oh yeah teachers are amazing best book you read this year um i wish you could all see the face she's making right now because it's really good
0: so i i don't you know i what books i read they're the they're like you know for for pleasure they're like Mm -hmm. uh, what i always call brain candy fantasy yeah fantasy and sci-fi but i don't remember which is Real reading
1: for the record. Let's, I'm going to, I am a professional librarian with a master's in library information science, and that is reading and it is great for your brain and there's no discounting it. Okay. I
0: understand, but I don't remember, like, I don't remember the titles. I'm, I, you know, that's a
1: fair answer. I don't, I don't remember. remember Can be an answer, (laughs) but what is a skill you now want to learn?
0: So this is a skill that we actually, I, I learned just enough of it to do our, one of the workshops was which the code and stitch stitching workshop. Yeah. But I really need to get going with this embroidery machine and figure it out. Because as you know, during that workshop, it didn't work the way it was supposed to.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's technology. That's but you right. know, we like yeah. role
0: modeling the whole failure <laughs> yeah, and stuff. it was great.
1: <laughs> but yeah,
0: I really need to get back to that because I have all the supplies. I have so much, you know, embroidery thread and all the things and I just need to do it.
1: Uh, best purchase you made?
0: All right. So this is my electric bike and I know I already had electric Mm -hmm. bike, but I traded it in. I got an upgrade and it was worth it because it has lights and everything with it now. And it has a, it's a step through. And before I was on one of the men's one, which wasn't great for my leg. (laughs) And now that we are in person at school, like I'm riding my bike all the time. So Mm -hmm. that's been awesome. Yeah, oh, that's I want one. You have you, you, you need to get one. Uh,
1: and finally, how will you be spending New Year's?
0: Well, fingers crossed, we're going to Texas uh, next week to be with uh, my parents and my brother and his family. So Yay! Hopefully, that still, still happens. The round. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so do I get to do the questions to you? I think so. All right. Should I warm up? Should I stretch? Yeah, there you go. Okay. Best meal you ate.
1: I also have two. We went on a vacation and ate a very fancy meal at a hotel that was delightful. I loved that. And also my Mm. meals at Broadcloth restaurant with their chef there, everything there is fantastic. And that's definitely always in my my top two.
0: Yeah.
1: Also all sorts of things that I like would never think that I would eat. Yeah. But so we,
0: we must have gone there this year. That's the other thing I had trouble with this lightning round is I really am mushing all the years together. <laughs> like COVID's just like a year, you know, it's I like wish, yes. just all, So I'm I like, might, was it this I year, might do was that as last well. year? Yeah. What was it? All right. Coolest place you went.
1: And this is also a tie this summer. I went to Colorado for the first time, spent some time in Vail and Denver. And I really loved that. Did a lot of hiking in Vail and exploring in Denver. That was great. We also, just last month, went to Quebec City for a vacation and loved that. It was like being in a little Hallmark Hallmark movie, Christmas globe, snow globe. It was was (laughs) fabulous. So
0: both of those were really great. New skill you learned this year.
1: Oh, so I really dove into robotics, clearly. For I, I, It's something I had taught and enjoyed, but I feel like I have learned way more about programming, especially block-based programming languages and making robots. I had worked with physical robots that already existed and making them do simple things, but my knowledge of controlling robots and then creating and programming custom robots has really, really grown. And that has been awesome. It's so cool. <laughs> And I do a lot of like branding and content creation and kind of marketing stuff for work that I didn't expect, and I really love that. It's like a cool brain puzzle that I also really enjoy. Best book you read this year? I had to take notes on this one. <laughs> I'm very proud. I read 150 books this year, oh which gosh. I didn't. I didn't know. So when I was a librarian, I used to read like 300 per year, but they were mostly shorter books that were for kids. Kids books are not necessarily easier but they are often shorter. And I read along with my students. And so when I stopped teaching, I was like, am I still going to like reading when it's not my job? Spoiler alert, yes. So I have a few. The most like readable, the one that I like binged the fastest was probably Daisy Jones and the Six. There's a couple, the category that I call won't get out of my head. And there was the Anthropocene Reviewed, which was by John Green, which is so weird. And I loved it. And no one is talking about this. by Patricia Lockwood is one that's maybe a little less pleasant, but also won't get out of my head. And on honorable mentions that I loved, but maybe don't necessarily fit into a category. Crazy Story. Uh, You'll Never Believe What Happened to Lacey. Crazy Stories About Racism. That one's by Amber Ruffin. And it was great uh Jonathan Van Ness's memoir. And her sister, right? Yes. Oh, the odd if you're enjoying that one, do the audiobook because the audiobook is so good. And they like sing and they laugh and it's it's that book was fantastic. Jonathan Van Ness's memoir was really, really great, much better than I <laughs> okay, expected. Okay, this is
0: definitely more than one book.
1: I know, I know. And the books that were for kids that were really good are Canyon's Edge, Starfish, Uncomfortable Conversations with the Black Boy. Okay, I'm done. <laughs>
0: okay so I can I need to go back to this question because I can't believe I forgot this we are watching Eliza Bright
1: oh that I really that almost almost ended up in my won't get out of my head because man that book was great and really messed with my brain in a good way yes and
0: I got to interview the author so oh my gosh that was amazing link
1: to that interview here because that I watched the interview before I got the book and still absolutely loved the book. That was really good.
0: Okay. All right. So, I have one (laughs) (laughs) again. I forgot that it was this year. Like what year was that? I don't know. All right. Skill you now want to learn. I
1: am going to learn to knit. I'm a hobby collector. I love to do all of the things. And yeah, I, um, my friend Tara is an incredible knitter. Is that the word? Knit, Knitress? Knitting expert. <laughs> is okay. um, and she, well, I, well, it should be. She makes like her own clothes and she makes hats and costumes. And so she is going to teach me to knit. And I just went and bought my first like yarn and pom-pom to make a hat. And I'm so excited. So I want to learn to knit. Nice. Best purchase you made the best, I'm going to, I'm going to tweak it a little bit to best investment I -hmm. made. And it was therapy. I have a wonderful therapist who is an investment as many (laughs) mental health specialists are. And there is no better investment than I think any human being can make than investing in their mental health and happiness. And that is by far the best and one of the biggest and the best investment that I made this year. So I'm all about destigmatizing mental health. Do it, go to therapy. It's amazing for everyone. And uh, if you want to talk about therapy, I'll talk about it all day. Bring it on. (laughs) Best purchase. Can't, nothing is more important than your own mental health.
0: Nice. Okay, finally, how will you be spending New Year's Eve?
1: I'm also going to cross my fingers. We have a tradition that we see my brother-in-law and his wife who we just call them brother and sister and my sister-in-law and her partner and in Pittsburgh and so assuming everything goes according to plan and COVID stays at bay we will be going to Pittsburgh to see them and all of the kids and we just sit around and uh, enjoy each other's company and I'm really hoping that we will get to do that because it's one of my very favorite
0: traditions nice well we did it whew, we're almost done So you have a last question here. What are we looking forward to in 2022?
1: Yeah. You go first. Okay. I didn't plan an answer to this one. Uh, I think I'm just looking forward to seeing what comes next. I just love this job. I'm feeling very grateful and excited about where I am in life right now. And am really enjoying having a job that is a such a great part of my life and not my entire life. I have never really had work-life balance before. And I am just thrilled to see where that takes me and who I get to be in 2022. I'm just kind of like happy to be here and thrilled to be along for the ride. So I'm looking forward to 2022 in general. I have, but there's
0: all sorts of rainbows on the horizon. Oh my
1: wow. <laughs> <So>, Yeah. <laughs> you what are you looking forward to in 2022
0: so a couple of specific things I did want to mention our MozFest session which is going to mm. be in March and MozFest forget is, about that sorry it's going to be online there's a youth zone which has lots of stuff for youth educators you can learn so so much connecting with just amazing creative not your regular tech crowd would you say? It's totally
1: out there. Super invigorating. Like every time I go to or experience something from MozFest, I come back. Even if it is possible to imagine me more enthusiastic, um, <laughs> that is what happens when I go to MozFest.
0: I just and, feel And you'll just great. learn about why it is so freaking important that we focus on the health of the internet And especially the focus that MOSFES has taken recently is on AI. And the more Mm -hmm. I learn about it, the more it's like, man, we need to pay attention. Just like misinformation and disinformation, like there's stuff being baked into AI that is just bad and wrong and sort of, you know, continuing structural issues that keep certain people down, which shouldn't. So anyway, you'll learn a lot. It's pay what you can. So, you know. Very reasonable. Yeah, Uh, I would just encourage you just join one session, try it out, see what you think. And Um, they do talk about important subjects, but I do not find it to be preachy or scary
1: or lectury. Like I think sometimes when you go to a conference when they're talking about issues that are happening, you can leave a little bit like, "Well, I can't make a difference, and I'm ruining everything," and somebody just yelled at me for an hour. It is nothing like that. I find it to be very educational and empowering and uh, positive.
0: Right. Well, they, cause they want yeah. you to help make the difference. Yeah. Like they're, mm-hmm. they're helping educate you so that you can in turn be a source of good. I guess the other thing I'm looking forward to, I mean, there's lots of things, but I will be done with all my coursework by next fall and start working ah. on my capstone. Ah. So. That's so exciting. Yes. You may need but to it'll cut be that part out because I just yelled so close
1: to the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> challenging will it be In challenging and surprising yes mm-hmm. it will be both ah. <laughs> well that is that is a year reflected
0: it is we did it yay
1: hooray for us <laughs> if you are listening thanks so much for listening we don't have any statistics from this year so we have no idea what our top episode was or how many downloads we have but i'm sure it was all great <laughs>
0: it thanks was. And I here. did look. I was looking cuz I'm like, the, you know, how do we rate? Yeah. With our number of downloads per episode, we're like in the at least 50% of podcasts.
1: Oh, yeah. As well as we do.
0: So, we're not and then some do even better. Like we've had a few episodes that really get some traction. So, thanks for listening, folks.
1: And I kind of wish that we could lightning round our audience. I wish that we could hear the best meal that they ate and the coolest place that they went and especially the best book that they read. So if you hear this, please contact us on social media. We would love to hear about it. For sure. Best, best purchase you made. Skill you want to learn. Do you want to learn to knit with me? <laughs> I, will, I will pass along my skills if you're interested.
0: <laughs> Until 2022.
1: Tech, love, and happiness.